You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. Welcome back to another episode of Partnernomics Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Brigman. And on today's show, we are going to continue the conversation with Alan Adler. So Alan and I were uh, wrapping along and uh, just ran short of time. So uh, well, I want to keep the conversation going. But uh, Alan, where should we pick up? You and I were talking about partner-first mindsets. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's hit it. So yeah, we were chatting about, you know, we've we've heard about organizations, especially these tech companies, being mobile first, and then kind of having the the PC browser-based, you know, connectivity being being kind of secondary, but really just kind of living mobile first. And, uh, you know, what we recommend is for companies that are standing up, if you plan on leveraging a power partnership at all, and that should only be 100% of companies, <laughs> set yourself up from the beginning to be partnership first, or at least partnership friendly. Uh, we were talking earlier about partnering being a culture. And when organizations are stood up, have a very independent culture, us versus the world, Whenever we have to transform ourselves down the road to this now dependent and interdependent partnering culture, that is a painful move for a lot of companies, and it literally takes years. So we advocate partner first. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think partner first is great. I mean, I would, I would build on it. I would say ecosystem first. And I know that a lot of people say, well, you know, ecosystem, that's just a word that you use to describe partnering because it's kind of cool and you can write blogs about it. But if you, if you consider the ecosystem model from the perspective of a little bit, one level of granularity higher than partner, uh, ecosystems include customers. They include partners you don't have. They include everybody that's in the market. We're even uh, working on the idea of changing the word go to market to go to ecosystem because the market really is an ecosystem. The question is, is it your ecosystem? And if it's not, how do you make it yours? And so having an ecosystem first mindset sort of flips the script from what are we doing in our four walls to what's happening out there in the market? And then what influence do we need to galvanize in order to increase our influence? And what solutions do we need to partner with in order to create that co-build moment? And what organizations do we need to partner with with respect to sales to create the co-selling environment etc so i think that ecosystem first mindset um, which then raises the question of like what is the core competency of an ecosystem first company partnering right because if you do not know how to partner then your whole ecosystem mindset is for not because you have no nothing to do other than just try to sell software which is not an ecosystem mindset it's a it's a four walls go-to-market mindset. Yeah, well, Alan, that kind of goes back to what you were saying before about alignment starting internal first. And that's absolutely what we believe. We, we call it cleaning your house first. Internally within your organization, having a clear strategy of, of, what, you're, of what, you, what it is that you provide how you're looking to grow, what, is, what are your growth strategies, what does that look like, goals, metrics we were just talking about, you know, these different dashboards and KPIs for our own internal performance. We should view, in my opinion, we should view our partners as just an extension of our own organization. And 
and I know we're going to, to hit on alignments a lot more in, uh, in future conversations that we'll have because there are many layers, as, as we both know. But the first thing we need to do is get internal alignment within our organization before we should ever expect to be able to go externally and, and collaborate effectively with other companies, right? It's hard enough to, to build great companies on our own internally we when we have the the same you know the cultures the norms the the way that we kind of do our own business having a specific strategy now whenever we're injecting partners into this mix now we're working with different organizations different goals different strategies different cultures different compensation plans different org structures all of this stuff how in the world can we ever expect to be successful in partnering if, if we're not aligned and efficient, well-oiled machines internally first. It's true. It's true. And then back to that mindset, you know, the, the data point that really blows my mind, uh, Jay talks about um, his hit Forrester anticipates there will be a million B2B SaaS companies by the end of this decade, up from 185,000 now. And we only had like 10,000 back in 2010. I mean, from 10,000, B2B SaaS companies to a million B2B SaaS companies in 20 years. Just sit with that for a minute and ask this question. If you're one of those B2B SaaS companies, don't you have to have a club as a strategic initiative? Like you're one of a million companies. Wouldn't it be, isn't it behold on every CEO to say, who is our tribe? We have to have a tribe of commonly aligned B2B SaaS companies that we go to market with strategically. If you don't wake up every morning as a SaaS leader and say, who is my club that's gonna win, that I'm gonna win with, and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna win this, I'm gonna win the battle with this club. It might be five companies, it might be 2000 companies, depends on who you are, right? But it's gonna be some number of dozens to hundreds of companies that are going to be the principal way that you go to market, not ancillary, not tactical, not reactive, strategic. Yep. If you haven't figured that out, you have no business taking any more venture capital money. Exactly. Yes. And I think, you know, whenever the, the average partnering professional hears, you know, partnering, their, their brain immediately goes to channel, goes to transaction, goes to the cell. But that's only going to be in this future world, it's only going to be maybe a third of those partnerships. There's going to be these other relationships outside of that. And, and down this uh, same vein, Alan, you know, what I say is uh, traditional business school taught us, know your core competency, stay in your core competency, you know, stick, you know, stick there and then provide those products or services to customers. Then you have the Clayton Christensen's of the world that come out and say, it's about the customer. It's about the job to be done. It's about making the easy button bigger and bigger and bigger for your customers. And so those are in stark contrast to each other. We got to stick with our core competencies, but then we need to look at what our customers want and need to fill their solution. This is really what strategic partnering is about or what partnering is about. So it's the, I think, you know, CEOs, executives need to get out of the mindset of we have to own the product. We have to own the solution. Yeah. 
in the future, you're just going to be a piece of it and accept it. But you go in with a club, you go in with an ecosystem. Yeah, in the future, yeah, to your point, if, if we do do partnering right, guess what happens in that club? In that club, you get more attention and more collaboration because you're trustworthy and competent and you're adding value. There's three things you got to do, right? To, to get it right in the club. And if you do that, then every one of those club members brings you to market, increases your influence synergy, creates higher quality integrations, co-builds with you to drive higher quality solutions, ultimately allows you to combinatorially drive a channel model because we, bought, we all know that the channel model doesn't work on a one SaaS to channel model. It's a multi-SaaS to channel model. What is the multi-SaaS? It's the freaking club, right? So everything about your partnering culture, your partnering mindset, your partnering competency, your, your orientation, your ability to drive embedded partnering all leads to that club's performance being better. And that's why 38% of CEOs say B2B partnering is the number one way to grow. The other thing that I think is amazing in that old way of thinking, what we call the four wall syndrome, which is like, I build it, I ship it, someone else sells it, maybe I sell it too, is that digital transformation has completely reimagined the concept of the product. Yes. So fundamentally that the modularity of our solutions now it is it is it is it is incumbent on us to figure out how to plug our modules into other people's modules. The customer is going to do it anyways because they have to drive integrations. So we might as well, from a product perspective, marketing perspective, think about how do I plug myself into someone else's kit to get more leverage solution influence current influence synergy solution synergy go to market synergy vision synergies how do i do that it's it's almost like a it's the some of the platform uh, business model folks talk about inverting the firm it's the, an inverted firm thinks first and foremost about how to get someone else to build with your technology rather than getting someone to sell your technology which is the channel right and platforms are are the perfect example of where, you know, if you're really smart about, to your point, customer value, and you identify an unmet customer need that can be facilitated by some other actors leveraging your technology to create a 5x um, synergy, it's magic. You know, that's why Airbnb and, you know, OpenTable and all these other guys, they build Airbnb, uh, you know, Uber, they build these platforms, and then other people take the platform add things to it and deliver breakout value and airbnb has no hotel rooms and um Uber Uber owns, no you know, yeah exactly so the, the same phenomenon is happening in b2b right now it's a little bit less obvious but take one thing to heart which is that it's all about the ecosystem it's all about partnering and it's all about finding out how to become more competent in those things as the way to drive growth and that's why you know, CEOs that don't get it, it's kind of like, wow, what's it going to take? You know, a couple of bad quarters, I guess. Well, if other companies are building on top of your platform or you are building and integrating in other platforms, that's the ultimate definition of stickiness and scalability. And obviously this thing that we love about the digital world is the incremental cost to produce another product is zero. I mean, it's... it's right you know, ones and zeros. And so then, you know, profitability can 
can just absolutely go exponential. But if if anyone, let's say you have an, an ecosystem product, you have five, six, seven different players that have this solution. Now you you've just increased your sales team by five times. Right. Because if any one of those companies makes a sale in, you get to come along for the ride. Right. Absolutely. That's and then an of ultimate course, strategic alignment. Right. And then of course you 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 get this magic of the network effect, which you know, people in the four walls and they don't know what a network effect is, right? But the network effect is is created through the ecosystem whereby partnering activity with a supplier, say an ISV, uh, drives demand with the customer, say an uh, enterprise, and the uh, activities between the supply and demand produce these opportunities to aggregate these network effects that then create the flywheel that causes the supply to create more demand, the demand that creates more supply. And this is the other part about like the modularity of digital transformations is like network effects are there for the taking. If you're not grabbing them, it's only because you, your company's not figured out how to do partnering inside of an ecosystem to drive that new economy. And it's like, you don't have to be all the way to a platform business model if a traditional digitally transformed ecosystem model for a SaaS company can have network effects. It's a matter of figuring out what activities need to be happening in that ecosystem. And again, you're right back to the, back to, we're back to the same story. Can I do the BD with a partner and I can get my internal organization to know how to partner effectively to deliver value on a consistent basis. And that's why I think that the one takeaway from this is align, be strategic and get leadership to fall in line behind owning KPIs for partnering. If you can get those things right, any combination of them, quite frankly, would lift a lot of the boats, then, then we, we achieve the prize. Well, there's another topic out there that I think dovetails into this that we're both passionate about, and that is trust. You know, so much of, of you know, building these great companies and getting these solutions out there, getting deep penetration is building the relationships, going through this full trust cycle. But the network effects allows us to leverage the relationships, leverage the trust that our partners have already built with organizations. And so we get the opportunity to, to come along for the ride there. Um, what, uh, well, there's, what a are, great, there's a great blog. Who's going to write it? The network <laughs> effects of trust. Wow, that's a good one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, trust is, wow, it's just, it's, Obviously, we all know that it's uh, it's imperative for, for all relationships and then obviously the imperative for trust. But it really makes it interesting because, I mean, the trust part, that's that's the human side. I mean, that's that's the rate limiting factor, I think, in partnering. It's yeah. it's the human side of building trust, of building confidence in each other uh, right. to be able to be able to do that. And. Going back to the, the very first topic I think we chatted about, that is partnering. Is, is it a skill set or is it a function? You know, is it in, inside yeah. of organizations? And yeah. uh, I think trust building, trust management is, is core to the skills of a, of a partnering professional. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and then the other side to it, of course, is that if I have trust with you. Let's say I'm the partner account manager working with uh, Partnernomics uh, for my company, and you trust me, but the boneheads behind me who run the different departments are completely useless. 
at partnering. Every time I come and I say, hey, Mark, let's do a, let's do a co-marketing campaign. And you said, those guys in marketing are impossible to work with. I'll say, no, I promise it'll be better this time. And then I run around being the kind of chicken without their head on, chasing after all these frictional units that don't know how to do partnering. What is your trust with me might be high, but your trust in my company, because we partner both with individuals and companies might be low. So all the trust I build with you gets continuously eroded when my company's trustworthiness is low. So I, and I think this is very common for partnership leaders where most partnership leaders have high EQ, understand trust. They got into partnering because they like the BD human element, but when they face their organization, that's the enemy. My own company is the enemy because the standard operating procedures are partner unfriendly. So it's like, to me, you know, that we're right back to square run, right? Which is like, if you don't do embedded partnering and you don't get partner competency, partner first mindset built in, you are going to have trouble building trust with partners because every time you come to deliver, you'll underperform. So it's like, um, it's a, that's why, that's why partnering is tough. You know, it's like, it takes a, it takes a village. It's, I, I, call, I love I partnering a team sport. I love this topic. Uh, I'm literally was writing on it for, for the next book. And I hit on this exact topic, right? So whenever we think about Apple, we say Apple is innovative, but the fact of the matter is a, a company isn't innovative. It's just, it's a part of the culture. The people in it are innovative. And so we even tend to say, you know, this is a partnership friendly company, to your point. This is a, tr this is a high trust company. This is a high trust organization. When in fact, it's the, the people inside of that. You and I, one of the very first uh, conversations that, that we had, we were talking about almost how, you know, whenever we jump on Amazon, we go out to buy a new widget, whatever that might be. We, we look at the price, we look at the reviews, we look at the descriptions, all that sort of stuff, but we lean on the reviews to help, you know, to, to, to help with our decision. And you and I had chatted about, it's just a matter of time before, and to your point, I think we'll see it at a personal level as well as a company level, but I envision one of these awesome SaaS solutions that, that are out in market now or being built where we will have rating engines, you know, ratings, both from a, from an individual level, because that's obviously critical as well as an organization level of how, how competent and, uh, and just how effective, how friendly we are at partnering. Yeah. You know what? I think, 100% right. Uh, I was thinking about, I was talking with a company called Partner Score, and they do this, they're a UK company. And we were talking about like, what are, what's the headwind to getting a partner rating in the system? And I think the answer to the whole long discussion I had is it's going to be up to ecosystem orchestrators. At some point, the ecosystem orchestrators who are kind of the, I call them the kind of the, in a constellation metaphor, they're the suns around which the planets and moons operate like you know, HubSpot, Salesforce, all the big vertical SaaS companies like Procore, these are suns and, and their solution, whether it's a platform or, or a traditional business model, um, involves the marketplace of supply and demand. And so what they will, what they will do, just like eBay is, is such a hub, 
they will get the buyers and sellers to have to complete ratings. And then what'll happen is the overall marketplace will have a rating composed of the aggregation of the scores of the individual uh, members or participants. And once an ecosystem starts having a trustworthiness rating, um, then it'll proliferate. But we have to create a, the awareness of it and the importance of it. It'll ultimately be the kind of thing like, what, you don't have a partner score? Why not? But it's gonna take the aggregator um, of hubs, what you know Jay calls ecosystem orchestrators. I don't know who came up with that word, but um, we could have a debate about it. But uh, the ecosystem orchestrators are going to be the ones that create those. It's the only way to it's the only way to create enough mass uh, mass rating um, aggregation to happen in order for it to proliferate to the broad broad market. Yeah, I almost envision kind of like a, a rate my professor or something like that, where literally these different people that we collaborate with that we work with. Uh, we'll have an opportunity to get a, a, an objective lens into truly how proficient, how skilled, how friendly are they as, as individuals as well as organization itself. Because as we said, I mean, the, the quantity of partnerships that are being formed today is at its highest rate it's ever been, and it's only growing. It's growing exponentially. Um, you know, the you know, McBain's of the world are saying that what, how many other partnering professionals you have today put a zero behind it? I'd say at least a zero behind it. I mean, Microsoft, right? They're adding 400 per day. They have over 400,000. But yeah, obviously a huge number. But whenever we look at that, only I believe 20% are transacting. Only 20% of those are in kind of the traditional channel. What does that mean? The other 80%, they're building new solutions. They're they're uh, you know influencing. They're helping to fill the funnel for yeah. for our next round of of sales that come through. And so you know, you know when it gets really interesting is when one of the reasons I I like focus on ecosystems rather than partnering is because when you look at the innovation, the co innovation that that we're both kind of passionate about as being kind of like the foundation of the ecosystem model that's essentially eating the channel is not from traditional partners, and often is from customers. So when you have an environment in which customers who aren't the first thing that comes to mind when you think of like, oh, let's go to market with the customer. No, the customer is the person that you sell to. But when the customer starts producing things and putting them in your marketplace, why are they not engaging in partnering activity? Well, they are. And so this this concept of partners as this isolated world that exists in its own silo is being blown up by digital transformation platform business models. And we as partnering professionals have to start getting ready for the idea that partnering is a function that can apply to many persona and different elements of partnering can apply to those persona in a very dynamic and agile way. And if our organization is not prepared to facilitate that agile partnering function to the right place at the right time in an intimate, high experience level, we're going to fail. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, you look at something like PRM, uh, PRM is being basically blown up because it can't be done in a channel mindset. It has to be done in an ecosystem mindset, but nobody's really prepared to make that change. There's a couple of companies that people like Web Infinity that I think are innovating in some really, really creative ways to facilitate 
a new way to think about delivering partner experience rather than the old fashioned partner relationship management thing where it's like the all in one, you know, mile wide inch deep uh, partnering model that really was applicable to the channel. It is not applicable to the ecosystem. Alan, you're talking earlier about, you know, just CEOs and kind of that mindset. And I think the traditional mindset looks at our product and we try to figure out how to push our product deeper into the market. But we always talk about customer first, customer centric, creating the, the, the easy button for the customers. And to what you were just saying, your, we should view our customers as a research and development department. <laughs> a lot of times the solutions that we create, and I know my 13 years at Sprint, our customers, we had a core group of customers that was our, our research bed. And we would co-create and pilot new solutions with them. And if they have a if they have a, a need, if they have a pain, and we can build a solution for it, there's probably other customers for that as well, yeah. uh, for that solution as yeah. well. And I, th I think you hit the nail on the head. It's but it's working with other organizations, right? In this taking this true ecosystem mindset. To, to make that easy button be as big as possible. What yeah, is absolutely. the customer? What is their full pain? What's the job they're trying to be done? And then how can we check as many of those boxes as humanly possible for the customer? Yeah, yeah we could partner with anybody. We should be partnering with everybody. <laughs> Leverage yeah. the capabilities, knowledge, and assets of, of other people and organizations. That's, that's at the core of, of what I believe great partnering professionals do. Right on. Alan, this has been fun. Thank you yeah, so absolutely. much for uh, hopping in here and yeah, uh, knocking this out. We are definitely going to have to do this many, many more times. Uh, yeah, looking forward into to the it. Future. Awesome. Well, have a, have a good day and uh, we'll be checking in with you soon. Looking forward to it. Take care. Partnernomics podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics Podcast, visit Partnernomics.com.